HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. It's vegan friendly. It's very yeah. vegan. Like so they're more intentional. I wouldn't say like restaurants in Lagos don't have many. Many of them have vegetarian options, and they indicate on the menu. I mean, but if it's a vegetarian option, it's mainly an option without meat. No, but they, they, I feel like they. It's still options that um, palatable and nice without the meat because there are some places. There's a place I go to, and I really, really like one of the vegetarian options on the menu. It's like mashed potatoes with grilled veggies, like yeah. lots of balsamic vinegar, and I love it so much. But I think to your point about the, they are just making the food without meat. That's a good point because I know some strict vegetarians, for example, even if it's soup, clear soup, they'll ask if it's made from meat or beef stock, right? So it could look vegetarian because it's not meat. But for people who are hardcore vegetarians, they don't want like meat stock. Can, can you well, you're not inside the kitchen knowing I don't know, but can, well, can you imagine asking the waiter <laughs> if Hi everyone, you're listening to Item 13 Podcast and I'm your host, Yom Tego. Every week, we'll delve into the world of African food, including chefs, curators and bloggers. I hope you enjoy it. This week, I speak to Nossa and Folly of Eat Drink Media who are the publishers of EatDrinkLagos.com, the authority on dining in Lagos. The blog has expanded since its start in 2014 to include the production of Eat Drink Festival, one of the biggest food events in Lagos, with over 10,000 annual visitors. We talk about how they started and grew their following, the food scene in Lagos, and get their definition of struggle bacon, which was the catalyst for starting the Eat Drink Lagos blog. Here's our conversation. Welcome to another edition of Item 13 Podcast. I'm excited to be in Lagos today and speaking to the founders of Eat, Drink, Lagos, Folly and Nossa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I think we'll start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. So do you want to go ladies first? Um, my name is Folly My name on the blog is Folly. I write a food blog called Eat Drink Lagos for restaurants, bars, places to eat and drink in Lagos. We have events that we do annually. We have an Eat Drink Festival, which is a food festival. We have a Jollof Festival. You have a Jollof Festival? Yes. And then, yeah, we just do random food events throughout the year. 
we started a YouTube channel this year, and yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's something to talk about. And uh, that's Um, well, she's basically getting <laughs> like, uh, so my name is Nusa. Uh, I am based in Lagos now. Uh, I'm a banker half the time and I write about food. Oh, that's interesting. I'm a banker too, so I'm banking freelance. Yeah, interesting. Oh, cool. Okay, so what was your inspiration to start Eat, Drink, Lagos? I know on your blog you said it was over brunch, over struggle bacon, which I need you to define what that means. Mm -hmm. And then maybe delve a little bit more into the inspiration for starting Eat, Drink, Lagos. Well, Nosa coined the term struggle bacon, so I'll allow him to talk about his relationship with struggle bacon and bacon in general, and how that inspired him to have a food blog. Uh, it was largely because there was, when I moved back, uh, there wasn't really, restaurants were not online, like it was hard to find. How long ago was this? So like, probably three years ago. Okay. So restaurants are a bit hard to find in the sense that they weren't very internet savvy. Mm. They didn't have most of them. They have social media pages. They didn't have information up on Google. You couldn't like find their locations where they were. I mean, things have improved since then, but there wasn't really like anything cataloging where restaurants were okay. and how to find them. So it's just basically. This just started basically to do that for for intents and purposes. Okay, and then what's a struggle bacon? Uh, so struggle bacon is like plasticky bacon. So uh, overcooked and stringy. And no, it's it's, cheap. it's it's even before like there's no way you can cook it to not be strong. like pink material. So like when you sometimes when you get like. If you have a fried bacon, you can burn it, it becomes yeah. crispy. Yeah, but with like struggle bacon, it doesn't happen. Does <laughs> okay, ingredients. You can cook it, cook it, cook it, cook it. You can cook it, cook it, cook it. It's like ham, but I think it's basically down to the type of bacon we import largely mm -hmm. here. So it's not, it's, I mean, in some countries that's, they like that, but yeah. I, I can't. Have you found it's, better bacon since then, since you've been eating your way through the bacon? Uh, it's very rare. Okay. It's Where very, would you say? It's, very, it's very, very rare. So, I mean, if you go to probably like delis and you get like the bacon off the counter okay. and that's where you could tell them to cut it, okay. it could work. But like, largely it's down to where everybody sources mm. their bacon from. Because if you yeah. notice the, the way American and English bacon are very like yeah. different, different for yeah. Tata So, we tend to link to most of our produce is usually from Europe yeah. so it's that palette and yeah mm -hmm. um, so let's so you decided you, you sat over bright and like let's do this thing so then how do you go about with your banking background and I don't know what your background is for you because you both have daytime jobs right so what was your background in writing websites design all of that stuff and coming together and doing this did you guys have when we started the blog in 2014, yeah, we didn't have any technical background or anything. We started with just like a Squarespace site okay. because it's yeah, easy yeah, to do that without 
any coding knowledge. Um, I still don't have any coding knowledge apart from <laughs> making text bold. Right. <laughs> so we still do that. But I think Nusa is actually learning how to code. I don't know if he plans to use that on Eastern Lagos, but right now he's learning how to code. And other things that we've, I've had to learn as a result of the website is like shooting videos, okay. learn how to light subjects or shoot food properly right, or yeah. use like a camera, how to edit for the YouTube videos and those kind of other skills. So that's where I have like upskilled okay. one. Not really coding. <laughs> but actually in terms of speaking of skills, how do you both sort of complement each other and what, what would you say your strengths are coming, bring, coming to the table doing something that's not necessarily familiar what you both have been trained in i mean you go and you eat that's easy enough <laughs> but coming back and documenting um taking pictures like you said you train yourself but then being able to code like what other skills do you need what other skill sets have you used and what have you found that you've complemented each other on in terms of skills um you can go ahead uh i mean i'd say well, because I work, I work in, in the back, but I work in like the tech in mm. the back, actually, like IT in the back. So I'm really, I'd say I'm the more tech person between both of us. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. To be fair, yeah. I'm the more organized person. Okay. I like to think things very through, think things through very okay. deeply and thoroughly. I don't know if my cope with my partner here. But does that ever create a con- confusing yes. sense of working together? Okay. <laughs> Because so, <laughs> sometimes maybe I'm too detail oriented. I'm like, so I'm more of a user experience type person. So, so they complement each other in that way, right? Yeah. Okay. Now let's go into the food. So you decide you're going to start the food blog. Obviously, you have to go try out food. How are you picking out the places that you go? Are you doing it organically in terms of? Well, this is where I was going to go anyway. So when I go there, I'll come back and write about it. And or oh, are restaurants approaching you and saying, "Hey, come and you know eat here and do a review for us." So, how, how 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 has it worked? Or maybe how did it work in the beginning and how does it work today? So uh, uh, originally, with the first way, it's places you're going to go to anyway or okay. places you found. And that was maybe more or less for that's how it worked for about like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Or so. There are places I've never been to like, so, oh I want to go here. Oh, we can review it for the blog. Okay. Anyways. But, but then I was a bit so it's more people you just finding out about new places like like either from Instagram or driving around, like driving around. Or someone mentioned it to you. Or someone mentioned it, yeah, someone mentioned it to and you. And then we'll go there to review it for the blog. Okay, so then you... I'm sorry, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So then you go to a place and yeah. I've seen your rating system, which is pretty easy. You either like it or you don't or it's okay. Um, but what are the factors that go into we like this place? Versus not. Are you just looking at the food or is it the entire sort of experience? For me, the first thing is the food, if it's what it's supposed to be, if it's fried chicken and I get fried chicken, or if 
it's experiment example, I got experiment for as an example. So that's the first thing that does it taste like is it what it's supposed to be? Okay. And does it taste good? Is it is it presented properly? Is the service good? Is the ambience good? Do they have parking? And okay, so you consider not just the food, but mm-hmm. like all of the other elements of the especially parking. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, for us, is uh, I think another thing is just taking several things into context. So it's so when you, I think, when you're reading something, there has to be something that you're referencing. Right. So as far as maybe like an experience or a taste, there should be something you reference. Mm-hmm. So lots of things. So because you get lots of people that come back and say, "Oh, this is not good in." The UK, I had better. New York, I had oh, better. Okay. So, but so um, you are doing it. I've learned that you sh- it's for things in Lagos. You shouldn't really. The context is a lot yeah. different because there's a it's lot a that point. goes into like supply chain, cost of dollar, yeah. cost of run, ease of doing business. A lot of things go into it. Right. So you have to. But do you think then budget. that you are? Or do, do you think you are lowering the bar in terms of? How you look at those restaurants then? Good. In one, or, in a sense, yes. Okay. Well, in another sense, is if you say you're going to look at them like from a Michelin kind of type eye, <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to right. look at every person going to be right. bad. But so at some point you have to say if everybody is two over ten. Yeah, you have to see who is two okay. and who is zero. Which is a, a question I was going four. to ask you too, because when when you I know on the on the website you've listed all the ones that you like and the middle and so forth. You see that those that you like and are like just okay are about the same number. What I mean, what do you think that says about the food scene in in Lagos? The food scene in Lagos is decent. <laughs> it's decent. Okay, so. I wouldn't say it is good or bad. Okay. It's like smart average. Okay. Which is what I guess your ratings are saying. Yeah, like, it's because yeah. when you, if you for your Kenyan, you yes. you out in Accra. Accra probably has a more as far as the restaurant go. Mm. Accra probably has better overall quality. The quantity you they have might not have restaurants. Yeah, they might not have that many you think restaurants. So? Yes. But, as far as <laughs> as far as quality, because Accra has like a good market for people who like high end things, but the people who like high end things are not that many. To just yeah, Accra is a small market. It's yeah. a very yeah, it's a very small market. So, but here we have lots of restaurants, mm-hmm. but not lots of quality okay, restaurants. That's the difference. Yeah. So in overall, the general scene, like food scene, in Lagos is like. Eh. <laughs> That's a, so that's why. So when you so there are places that are very bad and that are bad, but the majority of the places are just. Yes, okay. And something else I would say we struggle with in Nigeria and the food scene, which is as a result of Nigeria as a whole, is consistency. Nigerians okay. are very bad at consistency and shows in our restaurant because one of the things that's very important as a restaurant mm-hmm. is to be consistent. Like the way you make one meal should be the same yeah. way someone comes in the next week. For the experience, you get the same experience, but things are just neither, sometimes it's neither here nor there, and it's just not consistent. So you can go to a place and have like this great meal, and then you recommend it to someone, and they go the next day, and it's some company, something completely, okay. and it happened to us ourselves. Like we had something like a week before we went back there with the friends, and we had the same, yeah. the exact same week. And this was like recently, so happened last week, 
and yes. it was something different. different. And so most times you just let it slide, but like I think this time we asked the guy, and he's like, oh, uh, they ran out of ingredients, so they just had to make the. And it's like, hey, any right thinking like, person hey, would be It's like, on my name. I told people this thing was good. Like, any right thinking person would be like, okay, we shouldn't offer this now. Right. Because we can't right. keep up the standard. Right. Yeah. But it just is like, mm. you know, but maybe they think people won't notice or. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on your website also, you have this eat, drink, uh, bot, mm-hmm. right? Could you tell us a little bit about what it is, how it works, and why you sort of decided to add that as a component of the book? It's, um, restu- it's a restaurant recommendation bot. People used to send us lots of messages like, hey, I want to go out to dinner with mm-hmm. my wife, or I want to propose to my wife. This is how much I have to spend where should I go okay. or I'm going to take my mom out for dinner there's four of us I have this amount where should I go so that's where the genesis of the bots came okay. from because those emails used to be quite a lot and we couldn't always respond to them in time we used to do like a weekly column and we responded to all of them mm-hmm. um, so that's what the bot does the bot helps people make okay. dining decisions based on where they are how many people they are mm-hmm. in their party and how much they're willing to spend Head. So okay. it, I mean, it's it's very simplistic, but that's generate the structure of the questions yeah. you get. So I mean, for more complex stuff, even I mean, even when some people send messages, still we're not using the bot. It's still the same format. It's, I want to eat. There's never a specific right. what you want to eat, or I, it's not like I want Italian or I want this. It's yeah, just I, I want, want to eat. eat and, and then it's like, okay, where are you? Then it's like, okay, I'm here. What's your budget? Then it's like, I sound like, might as well just simulate that flow. Yeah. Are people using it as much as you would like? Yes, people are. Okay. If people give feedback on using it quite a bit, so like my friend today said, oh, the bot has been around for like two years. She's using it for the first time. She's been, it's been for like two years. years. She's like, yeah. used it for the first time today. It's like, oh, I used your bot today for the first time. And to be honest, it's pretty amazing. I'm like, duh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very. It's very straight to the point. Yeah, I used I, I I used it last night also just to test it out and see, and it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Whoever is in a car and a food blog, you guys should get on that. Like, I think it's a really easy way to find um, a good place to eat within your budget and all that good stuff. Um, do you still get a lot of questions though? No. Not as much. It's like I think we've more successfully transitioned it off. I mean, now the questions we get are usually more specific. Okay, because now you've sort of taken away most of the general. So, do you think over time you've developed a bot to answer more? Yeah, I mean, hopefully. With AI and all these questions, I mean, I get to answer like using questions. But there has to be a lot of people asking us about a particular thing that says, okay. Okay, because you don't have enough of a trend in terms of specific times to be able to. So you don't you don't want to make it a little bit more complex when the people you they right. target yeah. the audience or the users are not really that yeah. complex as far as they desire. Okay, so we talk a lot about food now. What about the drink side? Since so you're eat drink drink Lagos, um, what's the bar scene like? Uh, do you think drinks are also because we do or SS13 is very focused on African food and drink. So do you think that? 
with the evolution and the trend and sort of all the big buzz around African food, do you think drinks are also following that trend in that are people thinking about how can I use local alcohol, for example, or local fruit to make cocktails a little bit more interesting? Or, yeah, in Vegas, yeah. yeah. The drink scene is even worse than the food scene. <laughs> it's, it's, it's shambolic. Okay. But yeah. few people, like very few like bloggers, have maybe using like a Nigerian fruits and fruits to make drinks right. or local alcohol. Yeah, but they're not like the mainstream. It's not mainstream. You won't find it in restaurants. Like, like so old bloggers. So some bloggers might make like fermented akbalm or yeah. wine. Or zobo. Zobo is a hibiscus. We also have it. We call it zobo yeah. Yeah. So like you do like a like a zobo cocktail, but it's yeah. not something that's transitioned to like mainstream. So you find it uh, maybe one restaurant or two, not by our. Yeah. But okay. Not. But so what about um, social occasions like at weddings and stuff? Would you yeah. still have interesting? No. Really? You find like you find champagne, wine. Um, mainstream yeah, like that because we're, we're very our uh, drinking things is very bottle driven it's not oh, that's we right. don't really yeah. have like a cocktail right. culture in the sense of but even like soft drink that's so interesting to me you know the comes to Nigeria the Ghanaian one that's that and the Ghanaian one it was the first first, second and third were three guys three people that came to get from Ghana interesting so. yeah because then I, I would say that like, we have a more diverse we have a more we have a more developed and discerning drink scene yeah here I'm so surprised we just want to we drink we surprised though I'm not going to name the cognac just yeah that's yeah I mean what's the goal because it was like maybe a couple of days ago we said like a particular stat was for our brothers yeah and it's like people are getting so upset. It's like, why would you say that? It's bad for your brand. But when you look at it, we feel drink. So we compared two stouts today, right. actually. Compared two stouts. We did it on camera. We'll probably, we'll probably put the video out like next week. But we compared two stouts. And there's the stout that I said is mm. for There's this other stout. And everybody, when they drank both of them, you could tell there's a clear difference. And if one, the flavors were a lot more complex. And the other one that I saw was for Amber Brothers, it was a lot simpler, it was just flatter, it was like yeah. stout flavored water, there was no, <laughs> there was no complexity to it. And it's not something that a lot of people would have thought about until you put both, both of them together. And so when you make this comment and people are like, because we're largely not discerning drinkers, we're largely... We eat mostly for. We eat yeah. We eat mostly for subsistence, like it's just people trying to survive. Right. So that's one reason why the scene is is not as big as it should be because mm-hmm. everybody's just trying to get by. You're not really thinking of or being mindful of right. what exactly it is you're putting into your body, or you don't actually care. It's that's just. Okay, we'll take a short break here and then when we come back, we'll dive more into the topic of the festival mm-hmm. and then speci- talk a little bit more about the, the food scene in terms of both from the perspective of you, you as a consumer and a blogger versus the people that manage the restaurants themselves. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back, guys.
Okay, so we're back from the break and we're going to talk a little bit more about the food scene in terms of some of the challenges that a consumer faces. I think you guys have touched on it a little bit, but maybe delve into it a bit more. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I think you touched on it just before we went to the break, was around, um, so if I was a vegan or a vegetarian or, mm-hmm. you know, gluten-free, it would be very hard for me, to it's the point you, you were making, to find restaurants, food establishments that will cater to my... Um, to your particular right. diet. diet. Yeah, because... They just don't take that into consideration. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not meat, this is all I have on my so so <laughs> don't In, eat in the last five years, there have been only two restaurants that had a straight-up vegetarian-friendly... Mm-hmm. I mean, no, vegetarian menu. Vegetarian, or vegetarian, vegetarian or vegetarian menu. menu. So that's like the first one was mostly typical Nigerian food, but without the meat. <laughs> okay. And so then that was... Then yeah. The second oh, one, the new one we opened up this year, has it's a lot more... It's vegan, friendly. It's very yeah. vegan. Like so they're more intentional about it. I wouldn't say like restaurants in Lagos don't have... Many, many of them have vegetarian options and they indicate on the menu. I mean, but if, if it's a vegetarian option, it's mainly an option without meat. No, but they... they I feel like they, it's still options that are um, palatable and nice without the meat because there are some places... There's a place I go to and I really, really like one of the vegetarian options on the menu. It's like mashed potatoes with grilled veggies, like yeah. lots of balsamic vinegar, and I love it so much. But I think to your point about the they are just making the food without meat. That's a good point because I know some strict vegetarians, for example, even if it's soup, clear soup, they'll ask if it's made from meat or beef stock, right? So it could look vegetarian because mm-hmm. there's no meat. But for people who are hardcore vegetarians, they don't want like meat stock and can, and can you well, imagine, you're not inside the kitchen knowing whether I don't know exactly. well, can you imagine asking the waiter if this is vegetarian <laughs> friendly it depends on the restaurant for example if you go to any Indian restaurant in Nigeria they have strict vegetarian but, options but that's largely because if Indian you go to any of the hotels in Nigeria they have vegetarian options indicated with a V sometimes very rarely you see vegan Okay. I mean, for me, the Indian one I feel because they're mostly run by Indians, yeah. and Indians are mostly vegetarian. So there's a very conscious effort from the top. Yeah. But if you look at Nigerian owned restaurants, that is true. Yes, they are Nigerian owned restaurants. They have vegetarian <laughs> options as salads. <laughs> yes. Well, so like I said, Indian restaurants, the hotels, and many foreign yeah. owned restaurants. Even when there was... Yeah, but if you look at this, the impact is mostly because it's coming from people who are coming from a place where they are mindful about what they eat. So it's just, it's second nature to them. Well, you'll be surprised how many Nigerian vegetarians and pescatarians they are. That's that's the thing. They are... Being pescatarian is actually becoming... That's yeah. but that's the thing. They are, they are, they are a decent amount of Nigerian mm. vegetarian pescatarians, but you... It's not really reflected in the restaurants owned by Nigerians. I'm not disputing that. Because yeah. for, for me, like, because well, as I said, the vegan one, why I'd say things, because it's owned by Nigerians, yeah. Nigerian girl, and it's like, it's, I think it's the first time I've seen like a Nigerian mm-hmm. person come out and it's like, this is what we are, we are catering to an 
to a niche subset right. because this is another sort of subset kind of thing. But actually, everybody, it's not something that comes to mind. Right, naturally. So, before we switch to talking about the festival, I want us to play devil's advocate and put ourselves in the shoes of the owners of these restaurants and establishments. And the issues that we've talked about in terms of consistency, in terms of catering to niche dietary requirements, what do you think, as an owner, you're thinking about your audience or your target customer is making it challenging for you to be consistent with the food you're bringing out or not creative enough with drinks, etc. In the, in, in, in the legal scene. To me, I think it's... A lot of people start restaurants strictly it's as a hobbyist thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just something you do. It's not because you actually care about food or... Or you're trained in that area, just doing it for the sake of it, and that translates like it trickles down to the menu. So, a lot of the whole not caring and not trying it, you can it's very evident when you go to to this kind to these kinds of places. So, like, on one hand, there there are people that are actually trying to do certain things, they're actually trying to make a living out of it, and actually trying to. That actually care about creating something, but those people are not they are not in the majority. <laughs> They're not in the majority yeah. at all. And it's a whole and the thing is because there's nobody really holding anyone accountable. Because we don't really have like an establishment. Like there's no culinary establishment yeah. where people have to get in and people have to get some in. training or yeah. So because there are no gatekeepers, there are no standards, it's a free-for-all in yeah. the sense that... Do you also think that if they've been, quote-unquote, successful at running the establishments for this long, part of it is that they think the Nigerian consumer doesn't really care yeah. that much, and so why put in an extra effort to resource, well, you know, money and resources? But... Well, in Nigeria, the bad ones don't seem to survive. They don't seem to survive, actually. That's, that's what so, I was going yeah. to say. There's not enough evidence to suggest that if you if you just do, the I don't know, if you just yeah. go, go about it anyway, that you last longer than two years because lots of places close up okay. really fast. Okay. So, that's and the, the guys that have been here for the longest times and they're like really entrenched businesses. There's a mother come of... <laughs> They're just about... We, yeah, like, like we need this business yeah. to survive the next year. So they, they put in that effort to make okay. sure they're here the next, the next year. Okay. Um, and then what role do you think you guys have in terms of supporting these businesses um, to showcase what they are doing? Both positively and then also critically. Um, I don't know what role I play to the restaurant. I mean, we're, I think we're, I think we're role to the consumer. I think we're free marketing. I definitely think we're That's free marketing. Okay. Because it's, we go there, we pay, pay for your food, and we take nice pictures <laughs> of your food, and we put it on Instagram, yeah. and 
we get you referrals and you don't even know who I am. Right. So for sure that's free free marketing. What about um, when you don't like the food? Do you get responses from the businesses at all? Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, we do. Sometimes. Sometimes we do. And I think that's the second part of it is that I guess, I don't know, I want to say our impact is like, big or it's not like a place it's not like we're not like New York Times food section where we can close a restaurant down what if you like a restaurant to really help you to really, it really helps your sales it really, really helps you but if you don't like it I don't I don't, I don't know, know that, I don't know how much it affects yeah, anything know, but like you close down as a result you, but, you still have your restaurant open you don't have as many people coming mm-hmm. in well, you can still survive what yeah, if you like and, it and I think I like food we introduce a sense of accountability yeah. in the sense that Maybe we it's more people are starting to expect more from restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like more people are trying to be more people voice their opinions because before any place that had like a public like review thing, because like you remember Jimmy food, you could you can leave comments yeah. on the restaurant. Yeah. And there will be places that will have five stars and the review will be a complaining review. And it's bad for the algorithm yeah. because if you, you don't give this, you won't give this guy a true rating right. because you don't want to be bad for his business. Mm-hmm. That kind of People thing. People really care about that. Yeah. Like, Why do you want to say? I don't see. I wish this place that was horrible. Why do you want to say? Because I, I don't want to spoil exactly. anybody's business. Yeah. So it's like a cultural thing. Yeah. I think yeah. in some in some respect or in some way we've kind of come in and gone against that typical thing in the sense that we don't we we're not really censored by what we say in sense of, in sense of that if I think this place is bad I will say it's bad okay. I will tweet it's bad I will Instagram it's bad <laughs> that whole thing I don't know if it, it will if it affects yourself but at least everybody knows right. that yeah. I said it was bad so, so every now and then you get comments like you guys shouldn't say that you're, or like you're like you're a verified Twitter account. You shouldn't say that about another business. But like for me, that's the most important yeah. thing, like that we can achieve in the sense that if we can come out and say this is good, this is bad, we can we can say this is what yeah, you can empower people. You, yeah. So if so if I don't mind if somebody likes something I hate. Or somebody hates right. something I like, but at least it's people coming out and saying this is how they feel right. about particular yeah. things, rather than saying I went to this restaurant today it was so bad, but I'm not mention the name because I don't. Because <laughs> you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not helping yeah. anybody. You're not helping the restaurant themselves to know that they're bad. Yeah. You're not helping somebody going to waste their money yeah, at that exactly. restaurant. So it's all just all bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's switch gears and talk about. Uh, food festival, eat, drink, festival, eat, drink, festival. Okay. So, can you tell us like, what the festival is? How you just came up with the idea? The fifth one is coming up, right? You yes. Have, this is the year number five. Okay. Fourth year for fifth one. Okay. Um, the eat, drink festival was because okay, so we went to a shopping event that was all about retail. And the food vendors were making the most money and were seeing the most food traffic. And then Nusa is like, hmm, wouldn't it be fun to put all different food vendors in one space? Most people who don't have physical locations, yeah. so that's very common in yeah. Lagos. Many hobby right. chefs, they do deliveries only. 
And from there, the idea of eDream Festival was born. We were like, okay, we'll get like 15, 10, 15 vendors. And somehow we oversold and we had 20 vendors. Like, okay, 20 vendors, wow. And then we didn't expect anybody to come. We expected 200 people and 2,000 people showed up. And we were like, is this a thing? And then... That's basically oh how it started. Yeah, and then you just continued year after year, mm-hmm. growing after year. and now. So last year, what was your foot traffic? How many vendors did you have? Um, last year, we had about 65 vendors, and we had... Yeah, 15K people. Well, that was the year before. We had just about 20,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And this is just the two of you. Essentially, I'm sure you, you get a volunteer team or something. Do you yes, support so we have a few paid volunteers. <laughs> And us, and then we have the um, sponsors who sponsor the event. Yeah, so how also... do you get, so that's also an important question. How did you get the brands on board, especially in the beginning? Now it's a big thing. So... In the first year, we had, I think, two sponsors. One sponsor that helped us with printing, okay. and then, yeah. A drink, a drink, a drink sponsor. sponsor. Like, so... some guy introducing a new wine. Okay. And he wanted to, he wanted to stand, like, in a market to... Advertise. Okay. And so, then since then, we just look for people who we think have related services that we can say, oh, come on board because our market, the, uh, the people that come to our event may be interested in you, or we definitely know they'll be interested in you, and then there's that convergence. Yeah, I think the big thing is all about aligning what you, what we want with what they want, yeah. and it's, it's always once you go into these relationships where both people are gaining, it's easy to it's easy to do something together. So if you come in and say, "Hey, we people pay people do pay for our food items. There are lots of transactions. Mm-hmm. So how about we give you a chance to sponsor the sponsor yes, yeah. and power all those transactions in exchange sense, for help yeah. us put it together." So that's one. That's one way mm-hmm. we approach our sponsorships in the sense that we understand what we are trying to achieve, in particular things. And we try and match up with them, so and say, okay, and we know you. This is what you're trying to do. This mm-hmm. is your strategy for the year. So you're trying to achieve. We can help you achieve that mm-hmm. if you support us. Um, my next question has to do with what makes Eat Drink Festival unique. First of all, we know it's food. People, would, I mean, you you said you didn't expect people to show up, but like it's food, people will show up. So what what do you think is about the festival? What like what kind of experience do you create that makes people more people come every year and you know break records in terms of attendance and all of that? For stuff? one, I would say it's the time of the year that it it's like in okay. December. It's a popular oh, time okay. when people come to Lagos, and it's also because. I also think it's because it's organized by us. We're not probably seen as some establishment that is organizing right, this yeah. event. It just feels like an event organized by someone I know. Okay. That's that's what I think. And I think it's, uh, especially with the selection of vendors, mm-hmm. and like the people we reach out to and the people we invite and the people we get, it's, it's usually... It's like oh, it's just, it just feels very. They just feel like very relatable people in terms of. Okay. It's your friend that makes salads yeah. when she comes back from home, and she has like a nine to five, and. So you're intentional then about picking. Yeah, we yeah. we spend a lot of time looking at the vendor, 
submissions, looking at their menus. It's not just like come for all. Okay. Because in terms of degrees, a bit it's very it's not it's anti-establishment in some ways. Like okay. you don't want we intentionally don't go for people who have like well placed structures yeah. or place funding and they have big restaurants all over the place and you just try to target people that mm. are on the come up just like you and are working hard and trying to make some money just like you mm-hmm. so it's just I want to help you right. make money just if you come to my thing mm. so it's just a mutually it's a beneficial mm. relationship for like all parties involved Okay, so now let's paint a picture for people that are listening that are not familiar with it. So it's a food festival. You have your vendors, your stands. What other elements are there as part of the experience? So like when I come in, I have my vendors. Do you do, you do any um, entertainment acts or anything so, else? Yeah, so in by design, we don't get like musicians to perform. Okay. So it's supposed to be. Like a market of sorts. Okay, that's okay, the, that's the, so that's a that's the vibe we're going yeah. for. So each year we introduce like something different, something different, like a little tweak. Mm-hmm. So we've we're, we've been trying to get like some like a sampler, like a sampler plate. So okay. like each vendor will like oh, give you like nice. a small portion of yeah, what they yeah. have, or like a smaller amount than the regular fee. So you get to sample like each yeah. person. So if you're going to build a long term relationship with that vendor, or if you're Maybe you're getting married and you see somebody that's a cake vendor and mm. it's like you have a little bit of her cake. Right. You can get like a reference. You remember her from the next time. If you're catering an event, you remember of somebody you saw, that kind of thing. So then last year we introduced a, like a main stage where oh, nice. it was like, food, yeah. food where we had like a cook-off, cook-off to some degree. So it was between like formerly trained chefs and food bloggers. Oh, nice. Interesting. Yeah. So who was, I, I'm going to think of my Nigerian food bloggers that would be, who, who were on the food bloggers side? Um, Kitchen know? Butterfly was oh, on the food okay. blogger side. Um, Dobby Signature mm-hmm. was on the food blogger side. Yeah. On the chef side, we yeah. had um, Chef Jeff. Yeah. And we also had um, Chef Benedict, who's an Italian chef. Mm-hmm. We also yeah. had Chef Moteda. And who, who judged and who won? Uh, we had um, some food influencers okay. judging and also some just general influencers in media influencers in Nigeria judge. But the idea was to have at least a central sort of um, event that people could rally around totally, while yeah. they were. Because oh, cool. so, it's basically it's an interesting topic yeah. that people talk about. Yeah, like, cool. It's like because you always want like food bloggers and formerly trained people where do they stand, yeah. that kind of thing. And then um, you're juggling this with your full-time jobs. So how do you do this? Before, you know, well, the sprint, not a marathon. <laughs> well, she's the organized one. So I guess you don't plan the festival in one week. Right. You have yeah. to plan it like, for months. And this is year five, so I'm sure you have a system now mm-hmm. that gets it done. Cool. Um, what's next for EDL? Yeah, what's next for EDL? Next for EDL is EDL in other cities, so you drink in other cities, so there's that. Come to Accra. Hopefully. Hopefully. You hesitate. Because I think we've tried. Or, I mean, we tried this year. We tried Accra this year. It it didn't work out at the time we wanted it to. So. I still want to do Eat Drink Abuja next year year and Eat Drink Abuja, definitely. 
and then also eat drink travel which is where we we go to popular restaurants in other cities okay. where a Nigerian traveler may be likely to go to and review it and tell them, That's hey, cool. if you go here, this is what you should order. Yeah. Like we were in Accra earlier this year and then we're also in oh, Nairobi. I did see that. Yeah. We're also in Nairobi earlier this year. And like people from Nigeria are likely to travel to Accra. Exactly. Nairobi. Yeah. When we were in London, we went to Ikoi London, yeah. which is like a What did you think? Not to prolong this. What did you think about Ikoi? I liked the curry. I didn't like. I really. I liked the main I had. It mm-hmm. was really good. It was the. Um, I can't remember the name. It was like a shrimp soup thing okay. with um served with like Greek grits. I liked that. My cocktail. I didn't like it when I mm-hmm. first got it, so I had to send it back. The um, out of this world plantains, which is like supposed to look like <laughs> Mars. Yeah, <laughs> that really threw me off. Because I the um, my first class was really sweet to come. Yeah. It was interesting. But you like where you where you also that's, that's interesting. Um so before we transition to the rapid fire segment, can you let us know where people can find you online? Eat drink Lagos everywhere except on Instagram where it's eat.drink.lagos. I always thought it was eat dot drink dot Lagos everywhere. It was uh, eat drink Lagos everywhere uh, except Twitter, yeah. Twitter doesn't let you do eat dot drink dot Lagos. Okay, okay, interesting, cool. All right, we're transitioning into the rapid fire segment. Oh, and eat drink And that's where people can also find the bots, right? It's also on the website. Cool. Um, rapid fire segment. I usually have one person, so this will be interesting. So I'll just ask the question, and then you both give me your answer really quick. Um, so let's go. This should be easy and interesting because you've been to Accra. First question, which you should expect. Ghana Jolof, Nigeria Jolof. I'll go first. Nigeria Jolof. Nigeria. Oh, let's see this. No, see that. The hesitation tells me. It's a tough question. I'm not really a Jolof person, so I don't think Jolof is that. Good. I actually don't. Actually, I think fried rice is better than Jolof. Ah, no, actually, I take I take that back. But that's for the. Ghana Jolof is greater than Nigeria Jolof, which may be greater than fried rice in my head. That's an offline question. <laughs> That's an offline Yeah. Um, buffet or a la carte? A la carte. Swallow or rice? Rice. Depends on the rice. Depends on okay. the rice. Actually, swallow, I don't really like rice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Red wine or white wine? Red. White. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Tea. Dining or takeout? Dining. Takeout. Morning person or night person? Morning. Morning, definitely. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> okay. Why? Why? I should ask it why because both of you said something different. Twitter is just place where people can fight. And as I saw this morning, Intellectual Olympics. Everybody wants to show that they're smarter than the other one, so it's like intellectual Olympics. But Instagram. I like the, I like intellectual. Okay. <laughs> Instagram is so pretty. I look at pictures. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. I'm there, so it's Instagram too. Um, and then the last question: What is your favorite African restaurant anywhere in the world, and why? My favorite African restaurant is Nok by Lara. Oh, okay. 
in Nigeria, Lagos. Oh God, I can't remember the name. But it's in Houston and it's on Bissonnet. Is it called Abuja or Lagos? I know there's no, so much no. in Houston called Abuja or Lagos. No, God, I can't believe I've forgotten the name. It's, the service is terrible, <laughs> but you can get like a big tray of meat by it. Me too, God. I, yeah. I need to, okay, I have a friend who's in Houston. Yeah, oh my God, I can't believe I've forgotten the name because I used to go there every time I was in Houston. And like the... Waiters are just mean, everybody's cold, but you could get a big tray of meat, but finger licking, finger licking. Finger licking, okay, good. <laughs> All right, well, this has been great. It was good to catch up with you guys, learn about the Lagos food scene, things that I didn't know, but have been surprised by, and I'm sure people will appreciate. It's been a pleasure, and uh, thank you for I'm looking us. forward to eating my way through Lagos this week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Item 13, an Essence 13 production. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. To keep up to date on news and events from Essence 13, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Essence and the number 13. Thank you.